Welcome everyone to the Fireside Chat. I'm Pastor Rick Brown, filling in for Pastor Rob McCoy, and he's out on the road with Charlie Kirk, and they're uh, just tearing it up from coast to coast. And um, on Saturday, you're going to have a great opportunity if you want to see them together as well as a huge lineup down at Chino Hills at Calvary Chapel of Chino Hills. And so check out this non-essential event that's coming up with the lineup of speakers. We got Kirk Cameron, Jack Hibbs, David Harris Jr., Charlie Kirk, Sissy Franklin Lynch, Dr. Dan Erickson, Dinesh D'Souza, and your pastor, beloved pastor, Rob McCoy. And so if you want to be a part of that, I would invite you to come to the church at 7.30 and uh, get a bus ride. But the bus rides are all sold out. Uh, We chartered a bus to take uh, 55 people that might want to come. But if you do come at 7.30 on Saturday morning... You, they are going to be doing carpooling. So if there's uh, several people that want to get together in one car and carpool down, that is still going on. So if you want to show up at 7.30 for that. But uh, we have a great uh, story for you tonight about a sister fellowship in San Jose. You're not going to want to miss what's uh, happening up there. And really just shocking uh, the kind of uh, difficulties they're having with the Santa Clara County up there. So we're going to get to that in a little bit with our special guest. But uh, I want to mention a few things that we need to uh, take care of. And that is, as we look towards uh, this election season, just uh, pray for your uh, prayers for Pastor Rob and Charlie as they're traveling. And when he can be here, him and I are going to be together on Sunday night interviewing uh, Pastor Ken Graves from Calvary Chapel of Bangor, Maine. So he'll be with us on Sunday night uh, before he hits the road again, I believe. But uh, we'll, we'll keep you up to speed on that, just so that you don't think that he fell off the face of the earth. Spent some time talking to him today. He was driving up the road in Carolina, going to a radio interview that was lined up for him there. And we were organizing some travel plans. So very, very busy time for what's going on uh, in the ministry here. Very, very exciting. And um, we uh, have a special guest we want to get to and the story of Calvary Chapel of San Jose with Pastor Mike McClure. This is his administrative pastor. This is Carson Atherley. And uh, welcome to the show, Carson. Hey, Pastor Rick. Thanks for having me. Carson and I have a little bit of history. I was working with uh, them last year for about seven months. We were revamping things with vision and leadership and building projects, and they got all that stuff finished just in time for COVID to hit and then everything to fill up, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, just to touch really briefly on the Josiah Project, obviously that's something that you were incredibly involved in, um, and actually something that you were involved in before I even came out here to San Jose. Mm -hmm. I remember that project was started, and uh, the whole deal was just repairing the house of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so we got to take uh, take care of the facility, and uh, the Lord, he he provided tremendously the means to revamp and reconstruct a lot of things uh, here around campus. And uh, these are things that didn't just, you know, we didn't just want to do them, they really needed to be done. So we are incredibly grateful for all Mm -hmm. that the Lord provided, for Mm -hmm. sure. It was such a blessing with the 
um, the interns and all of the work that was done, I think we filled up 13 40-yard construction dumpsters with all the debris from uh, the repairs and everything from digging trenches around the building with French drains, uh, uh, all, all, the, all the fun stuff. Now, all the, all the roofing done now? Because I know they were uh, almost done when I talked to Pastor Mike last time. Yeah. So everything really has been completed. And I will tell you, I ordered several more of those 40-yard bins after you left. So we, <laughs> we uh, certainly did some demolition here at the church. But um, just to kind of run through a list of things that we got, got done here, uh, before I came out to San Jose, when I was still in Maine, I know that you guys had completed the gym floor, mm-hmm. uh, which was a tremendous blessing, not only for the church, but also for the school, for CCA. Uh, the carpet in the lobby got done. Um, we also got obviously the entire sanctuary done, which was just a tremendous project that you were kind of heading up. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was really nice as we were talking earlier about getting rid of the red pews. We had these vibrant red pews. And so we got those reupholstered and they're now a nice tan color. Uh, and we, you know, all new t- tech, sound, lighting, all those different things. So uh, it was an incredible blessing to be able to get those things done. And like you said, I mean, it was certainly the Lord's timing completing that mm-hmm. uh, right before you know, COVID hit. Yeah. Amen. We were joking before we came on uh, visiting that Carson and I had to, uh, these pews, some of them are very long, like up to 23 feet long, solid wood. And we were packing them out of the sanctuary, him and I, uh, one on each end. And I was going until my hands were about ready, ready to fall off. And I said, I, I need to take a break. I'm an old man, Carson. And he goes, good. I, my hands are hurting me too. So uh, we had our exercise in the process as well. Yeah, that was definitely a forearm and back workout for sure. <laughs> Well, we want to talk about what's happening because you guys have been open for about 20, 22 weeks and uh, people are coming, no masks, just 700, 750 people coming to worship the Lord in the house of the Lord there at Calvary uh, San Jose, right? On Sunday mornings? Yeah, and I just got confirmed with Pastor Mike, we've been open for 20 weeks since May 31st. Since May 31st. So we've been open for, for quite some time now. Yeah. And what, what is happening with the repercussions with uh, the, um, the county of Santa Clara? Just walk me through it from the first interaction to where we're at today. I just want to hear the details. The people out there want to hear the details. They've been following our story here, but um, we... Uh, I'm just really in awe of of what's happening there. So we want to hear about it, Carson. Yeah. So originally, um, like many churches, we uh, we we closed the doors for uh, a couple of weeks, not knowing much about this whole COVID nineteen deal, and you know, not having a lot of data or statistics. But once those statistics came out, and we recognized, wow, we we really should be gathering. We, for several weeks, were meeting outside in our parking line. So that continued for, if I'm not mistaken, about two months. We were outside and people could sit in their cars and listen to the radio. Uh, They could sit outside of their vehicles in lawn chairs or in the grass. And so we did that for several weeks. We did that for quite some time. Uh, And then we just, Pastor Mike made the decision uh, that we're going to move inside. We're going to go back to the way things were before, you know, this whole pandemic, this whole COVID thing happened. And uh, so, like like you mentioned, we've been open for 20 weeks now. Uh, and shortly after we went back inside, that's when we had really our first encounter with the county. Uh, and we had a couple of uh, enforcement officers from the county who came into 
the office and they approached me with basically a cease and desist order. You know, you guys need to stop everything you're doing, all of your gatherings. You need to stop what you're doing, you know, cut it out. And, uh, you know, they served me those papers quickly and then, you know, scuttled out the door. I don't think that they were interested in sticking around for very long. Uh, and so we got the cease and desist order. But of course, that's not going to deter us from doing what God has called us to do, and that's to gather. And so we just persisted and continued in, in gathering and meeting. Uh, and then a, a few Sundays down the road, um, two guys on our security team, um, they saw two ladies parked way in the back of the parking lot, and they were printing off papers in the, in the trunk of their car, actually. And so, you know, that was quite odd for us. So we approached them, and they were actually the same two enforcement officers from the county who had served us with that cease and desist order. And uh, they said, I said, what are, you, what are you guys doing here? And they said, well, we're here to, to post this fine on the front door of your church. And I just said, basically, you know, unless you have papers from a judge or you have someone from the sheriff's department with you, you know, unfortunately, you're not welcome here on campus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And so we started weekly getting these fines and these fines kept accruing and doubling and so we're at the point now where we're over two hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollars. We're facing over two hundred and twenty thousand dollars in fines. We're getting about forty thousand dollars a week. So that's about five thousand dollars worth of fines a day, uh, and ten thousand on a Sunday morning because we have a, a gathering. Wow! And you, you guys are um, doing the rest of the week normal. I mean, you're you're just having your small groups and all your studies and the things that are happening and what kind of, what kind of atmosphere, what do you really sense? It's one thing that we, okay, we're open. There's this conflict, but what's the spirit of the Lord doing there in the midst of the people? What's the atmosphere of, of God's people and and what's happening? Yeah. I mean, the spirit of the Lord is certainly at work and uh, pastor Mike, he is given an invitation um, basically every Sunday morning for anybody who wants to, you know, accept Christ as their, their personal Lord and Savior. And, and every single Sunday morning, we see people who are coming forward. Uh, in fact, a, a really cool story, if I can share it briefly. Yeah. Uh, we had a gentleman who, who came in to the sanctuary for service probably about three months ago. And Pastor Mike, he had made some comments about Black Lives Matter. Uh, and how it's, you know, it's a Marxist organization, you know, they, they hate Christ, you know, mm-hmm. they want to destroy the nuclear family. He mentioned all of these things. And this gentleman, he was an African-American, he stood up and he started swearing and he stormed out of our sanctuary. We actually had to escort him off of campus. Well, it was actually about a month ago, he came back to service and he was one who walked forward to receive Christ as his personal Lord and Savior. Wow. Uh, and so just incredible stories like that. Um, and also, as we were mentioning and, and talking about before the, this live stream, uh, we did baptisms uh, a few months ago and we didn't know how many people, you know, to anticipate, you know, wanting to come forward and get baptized. But uh, we had 41 people who followed our Lord's example in baptism, which was so incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, the line just went right out the door. Um, and we, like I mentioned, we continued service for another hour to hour and 15 minutes. You know, it, it extended afterwards, just people getting baptized, coming forward and getting baptized. And, and I also mentioned that we had so much water that was displaced <laughs> because we had so many people who were getting baptized that we literally had to stop the baptisms and dump more water back into the baptism <laughs> because... We had so many people who wanted to follow our Lord's example in baptism. So that's the type of things that we're seeing. And so the Lord, he's been so good and, uh, and so faithful. And people are just excited to be together 
yeah. and they're encouraged and strengthened by being with one another. So it's yeah. been awesome. And it's been about a year since I was there last uh, doing the last of my responsibilities and you had started a uh, college age group and I think you had like 15. Yeah, we had about 15 or so students uh, and, you know, 15 to 20 who are coming consistently. And now we've got about 60 who are coming upwards of 60 wow. uh, young adults, 18 to 28 years old who are coming. Yeah, that's so exciting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's incredible. Now, when you, you're getting these fines, and uh, I think most of us that are tracking these kinds of stories, we watched a, a church in town that was doing a similar thing that you were, that you are, and God speak here is also meeting normal and worshiping the Lord with incredible attendance and excitement. And, and not this weekend, but the following weekend, we're having a baptism, all three services, just a real excitement uh, for the things of the Lord. And uh, what happened in that church's story and their journey? Because they were basically tracking with you, opening their doors and what happened? Yeah, so there was a church here locally who was also open, and uh, they, in fact, I think they opened their doors uh, a couple of weeks before we did, and they were actually outpacing us in terms of, you know, the fines that they were receiving from the county, but unfortunately, they, they capitulated and, and uh, to the county, and so they went back outside, and now they require masks and social distancing, and they're fines have ceased. They're, they're, they've stopped. So we, at this point, are the only church, at least, you know, you know, relatively close to here that's open at, at this time. Yeah. So if uh, this is going on, um, what, besides just praying and trusting the Lord, is there any other thoughts that you and the team have there that Pastor Mike has, like, hey, we're just going to wait this out. We're going to end up in court. We're going to, I mean, that's where it's all going, right? Yeah, so I think right now we just are going to continue in the things that God has called us to. Mm -hmm. And we anticipate that the fines are still going to, you know, they're going to continue to come. Uh, and we'll just let it, you know, keep accruing, you know, mm -hmm. let it let it continue to, to go up and up. We'll see how high it gets. I'm not sure what the next step will be for the yeah. county, what actions they'll want to take next. But we'll deal with that when it comes. We just know that we've been called to gather mm -hmm. and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're going to continue to do that despite the, the persecution, the ramifications for doing so. And, uh, and we're just going to continue to watch the Lord work. But we don't have any course of action other than just doing what God has called us to do. Um, and, you know, we, we can't you know, disobey the Lord. So we're yeah. just going to continue to open, do what He's called us to do, uh, continue to gather, continue to pray, continue mm -hmm. to share the gospel. That's really our, our strategy at this point. Yeah. And... Uh Pursuing that, have you gotten any pushback from the other churches in town? Even even applying Romans 13 to you, you guys are being disobedient. You know, you're not submitting to the kings and those who are in authority. Any of that or just maybe support? What what kind of, uh, we know what's happening with the, the county officials. What's happening with the larger body of Christ in the community and their attitude towards uh, the family there? Yeah, you know, there's a mix, but I think largely, um, I, you know, I don't talk to um, the senior pastors in the area. Pastor Mike is the one who has the majority of those conversations. I have had actually a few senior pastors call me and just express their appreciation for what we're doing and really wanting to get behind us and help us in whatever way possible. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the majority of the churches in the area, unfortunately, um, you know, they are, uh, they're not seeing things the same way. And so, um, you know, 
it's, it's unfortunate, but, but I think that there, there's a mix, you know, I think that there are local churches here that really want to see us do well. And there are mm-hmm. other churches who really would prefer if we stay close with close with everybody else. Now, because of this, this is why uh, Charlie and Rob and I am going to be flying up there on Saturday for the event for a rally with Charlie Kirk um, to support you guys, to support what the Lord is doing and his people. And is there excitement about that? Yeah, there's tremendous excitement. So the Values Advocacy Council, the VAC, um, they have been hosting rallies for the last several weeks here on Saturday evenings. And those uh, rallies are going to continue. We were going to stop them uh, basically at the election. But I think that those rallies are going to continue past the election on Saturday evenings. And so everyone is incredibly excited. I mean, the the speakers who've already come out have been great. But I think that the the ones coming up are really extraordinary, where we have Charlie Kirk, who's coming, obviously, from Turning Point USA. Uh, We have Eric Metaxas, you know, a world-renowned Christian author. We've got Josh McDowell, a a world-renowned apologist, Christian apologist. Uh, E.D. from Living Waters. We have all of these speakers coming out to really encourage and strengthen the people. So everyone is incredibly excited. And, uh, and we've seen great turnouts for, for those events as well. So uh, how does the word get out besides announcing it on Sunday mornings? Is social media, you know, pushing it out there? And I know Charlie and his Turning Point USA has their own mechanisms for communicating to his followers. Um, but you guys are just, it's, is it word of mouth? How, how's it getting out? Yeah, so we're making announcements on Sunday mornings and encouraging everyone to attend these events on Saturday evenings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have it on our Facebook page, on the Calvary San Jose Facebook page. We also have these flyers uh, that we're handing out uh, at church on Sunday mornings, telling people to take them, give them to their family members, their friends, you know, invite other people that you know through word of mouth. Um, and we have it going out in emails. So it's going out in a multitude of different ways, but um, yeah, so we're kind of, we're trying to pursue all avenues cause we want the word to get out there, but, uh, yeah. we just have so much on our plate, you know, on the church side that sometimes, you know, it's difficult. Yeah. Well, we want to give a shout out to everybody that's listening to us right now, Carson, even people as far down here, it's a five hour drive, but if they really yeah. want to support you and go for a road trip and, and see Charlie Kirk, whether they're going up, uh, because, He'll be in Ch- at Chino Hills at Jack Hibbs's church on Saturday morning with the whole um, lineup of speakers, which is going to be great. It's filmed on Saturday, released on Sunday, but they can go either one direction or the other and see uh, those who are um, really making a stand. And we need the body of Christ to show that support during this time. So uh, where the fellowship is there is 1175 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose. So uh, it's right there off of Capitol and Almaden Expressway. Great uh, access to get there. And so we pray that everybody will come out this Saturday and, and, and support things. Yeah, and I'll just mention also that it's at 6 p.m. So if anybody wants to come, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. 1175 Hillsdale Avenue, San Jose, California. Mm. Again, we have Charlie Kirk who's speaking this Saturday, yeah. which is really incredible. Yeah. And then the following Saturday, we have Eric Metaxas. And then the following Saturday is Josh McDowell. So wow. an awesome list of speakers. And yeah. also, it's uh, we've been advertising on a local Christian radio, too. Yeah. So it, we've yeah. been putting it out that way as well. Great turnout. Now, Carson, you're 21? 20, 
21. So tell me about uh, your age group and because you're closer to the age of Charlie Kirk and what he's accomplishing with Turning Point USA and really coming with a young person now as believers in Jesus, that immediately puts us on a very common ground with a conservative moral-based values that we see from a Judeo-Christian ethic. But what is it about Charlie that resonates with you and your generation? Man, I... Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I mean, Charlie Kirk is absolutely incredible. I think one thing that I appreciate so much about him is just his boldness, mm-hmm. his boldness to share what's true, and um, and and I think that my generation really recognizes that. That here's a guy who really stands out. He's incredibly bold. He's incredible, an incredibly gifted speaker, and uh, and I think it's incredible what he's doing as well because he's a Christian. You know, mm-hmm. on top of all this, he's not just somebody who is you know, sharing conservative ideals, but he's also sharing the gospel simultaneously and, and most importantly. So I think that, that just his boldness and his mm-hmm. willingness to step out and stand against the grain is something that, that my generation really appreciates. Yeah. What a, what a blessing to have young people step up and right. really be a voice uh, right. in this generation where there's, uh, there, there's just not a lot of people doing that in that right. youthful age, age group. And because, um, your other speakers are older, but Charlie's in that category that I think his birthday was this week. And so, yeah, he just got a, he got a year older, but still in his mid twenties and, uh, just really, uh, proud of what he's doing and also yourself just serving the Lord from such a young age. And I want to take some time to, we, we know what's going on with the church, but have a little, uh, um, personal testimony time, Carson, just with where you came from and, and uh, uh, your upbringing and why here you're 21 and you're the admin pastor at Calvary Chapel of San Jose. And we want to just talk a little bit about that journey because you can talk about events or you can talk about even national crisis, but it all boils down to individuals and what Jesus is doing in hearts. Your heart, your wife Megan's heart, your uh, new baby, just six months old and starting your young family. And uh, remember I told you, I mean, that first six months of adjusting to having a baby is showing up uh, to work five minutes late, just we don't sleep at night, all those things that are going on. I'm sure none of that happened to you because you're... uh, (laughs) But... I want, I want to hear, I want you to share your story a little bit. Start, you're growing up at Calvary Chapel of Bangor, Maine, right? You're in, you're in junior high, and uh, about that time, you get a little, uh, you know, you're figuring out life, and, and take me from there into a, a real full commitment to Jesus from that, that time. Sure, yeah. Um, so obviously, I was born and raised in Maine, uh, in central Maine. Uh, and raised and discipled at Calvary Chapel Bangor, which, as you mentioned, pastored by Ken Graves. Mm. And uh, I am so incredibly grateful for Pastor Ken and the Lord placing him in my life because, I mean, my my spiritual father, my father in the faith, and someone who really just took the time to pour into me um, and just tell me about God's Word and the truths of His Word. And, Mm. uh, you know, and that is the thing, obviously, that I built my life upon. So I'm incredibly grateful for Pastor Ken and the men Mm. there at Calvary Chapel Bangor. So I grew up there. Uh, I grew up going to church there. Actually, I didn't start going there until I was about um, 10 years old, but I was there for about 10 years. Uh, I went through, you know, junior high ministry or high school ministry, the youth group. group. Uh, and uh, it was probably in the um, right around the, the middle of high school 
where I really surrendered my life to to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and I can remember actually a, an altar call that that Pastor Ken gave, and standing up there in the church, and and you know just receiving Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And so it was there at Calvary Chapel, Bangor, where that happened. Uh, and it was also in the middle of high school around that same time uh, where I was being recruited to play soccer uh, for several different universities. And uh, and one of those universities was Brown University, which is uh, an Ivy League school in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, and being a, a young Christian, I really didn't consult the Lord. And I just said, of course, I'll, yeah, I'll go, I'll go play soccer and, you know, have this awesome Division One experience. Um, but I quickly found out that that was not at all the Lord's plan or will for my life. That was really a decision that I just made for myself. And he, he over my junior and senior year, really made it apparent that, Carson, I, you know, I don't really have this for you. I actually have something else. I want you to serve me in, in ministry. Um, and so uh, I actually I went to Brown University for one semester uh, and uh, I, I left. The Lord called me away from from college, from the university, which I think is you know much in common with Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk, he says, you know, I didn't go to college, and that was the best decision I ever made. Mm-hmm. And uh, likewise, I, I have to say the best decision I ever made was leaving Brown University. And uh, I went back to Calvary Chapel, Central Maine, Calvary Chapel, Bangor, uh, and I participated in the year-long School of Ministry. It's a residential program. Uh, where I live alongside men and women, uh, well, not women, just men. <laughs> we have a men's program and a women's program. Right. I only live alongside the men. Uh, but I live alongside men who are, are struggling with drug addiction. Uh, and actually, one one guy, one gentleman who came into our program while I was in school of ministry was Don Marianello, who you just had on the fireside chat a few weeks ago. He shared his testimony uh, with Pastor Ken. And so um, we live alongside the men who are struggling with drug addiction. So I, I did that school of ministry program for a year. Uh, and it was during that time that my wife, my now wife, uh, she came into the women's program from Oakland, California. She flew all the way from the sunny state of California to the, the frozen tundra of Maine. And uh, she got off the plane and it was like, you know, negative two degrees, freezing cold. She's never been in a place like that. And so she came into the program and uh, upon completing the program and completing the school of ministry herself, uh, we got married. Um, And that was in June of 2019. Uh, And about a month after we got married, the Lord uh, opened the door for us to come here to San Jose and for me to assist our senior pastor, Mike McClure. And so, uh, you know, throughout the last, the last year, we welcomed our, uh, our daughter, Ivy, Ivy Rose Atherley. She's six months old yesterday. Um, and so she's been just an incredible blessing to our family, a gift from the Lord. We're so incredibly grateful for her. And, uh, and so it's just been a, a wild couple of years from, yeah. you know, going up in Maine, going to college, coming back, school of ministry, getting married, having a baby, moving across country. Uh, it's been a, a wild, crazy, but awesome journey. And the Lord has been so good and, and everything good that has happened to us, everything you know, everything that's been good has been from him. So we're so incredibly grateful. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, we have that connection that we were there. Uh, I was there when you came and right. uh, uh, got your feet wet, got you adjusted, got in that groove uh, before I left. And uh, we also had another thing in common. They use my wife's Hilden Set Free Bible Study at Bangor uh, for the discipleship program. And so Megan had went through that when she was back there. So, I mean, it's, it's funny how all these parts 
come together and what the Lord's doing. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. That book ministered to my, my wife's heart greatly during her time there at, at the uh, in the women's program, the CRD program. And yeah, it, it was just, it's absolutely incredible to see the Lord's hand in all of this and how he's orchestrated it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, never in a million years did I think that I would be <laughs> in ministry serving and across the country. And it's just yeah. all of the connections, the relationships that have been, been built and just everything that's happened, the Lord's hand is, is over all of it. So it's evident. Yeah, that's such a blessing. Um, now, to back up just for a minute, uh, sure. it's it's not a it's not an easy thing to uh, just your average so- soccer player doesn't get re- recruited to an Ivy League uh, university like Brown. Um, I think your dad was a coach, right? Soccer coach. So you grew up playing soccer your whole life. Yeah, yeah. I grew up with. We have a very athletic family, so all of my, my parents were involved in, uh, in you know, one sport or another. So my dad was a, a college soccer player, college soccer coach. Okay. Uh, my mom's cheerleader, a cheerleading coach, and my, my uh, stepmom, she was a volleyball, a collegiate volleyball player and a volleyball coach. So we have had sports in our family growing up. So you be you better be able to bring it in the athletic realm, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... When you made that decision to leave Brown and just, hey, the Lord doesn't want me to do this. I'm going to, just go, going to go serve Jesus with my life. I think there's, um, I just think of myself in a typical father's shoe. That there, it must have been really deflating for, I mean, was that difficult? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, for, and, your, for your dad or your parents or? Yeah, and, um, you know, at, at that point in time and still at this point in time in my life, you know, my mom and my stepdad are walking with the Lord and, and my, my dad and my, my stepmom, they're not. And so for him, that was a, a decision that was kind of contested and um, not really understood. Yeah. And, um, and so it was a, an incredibly challenging season, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, but I knew what the Lord was calling me to do. So I had, I had no option, no, no other choice, but to, to obey what, what he was asking me to do. So. Well, that takes some real conviction in your soul, and that's what Jesus says. You can't, you can't love anybody more than me, right? Even mom and dad or uh, brother, sister. And, and that's hard when there's that relational tension, especially for a father and son, because you want to please your dad. You want his affirmation, but um, what courage it took for you to make that step and just say, you know what, I got to follow Jesus, and I guess it'll sort out down the road whether they uh, see any wisdom in it. Yeah, and you know, if I hadn't made that decision, um, you know, how how I, I often think how different my life would look, you know, and and mm-hmm. as a result of that decision, you know, obviously, I was poured into tremendously by Pastor Ken and the men mm-hmm. there at Calvary Chapel Bangor, um, Travis Carey, his assistant pastor, and others. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to learn so much and grow in my relationship with Christ and and just the understanding of His Word, um, you know, grow in my relationships with my brothers in the Lord and. Uh, and also um, meet my wife, you know, my now wife. So none of yeah. that would have happened, um, you know, should I have continued on, on that path. So it was a difficult decision, but mm. one that, that uh, as I look back, it was the right decision, and I would do it a thousand times over again. Yeah. Now, it's an unusual situation in San Jose because it's so expensive to live there right. that uh, uh, a lot of the staff um, actually live on the campus. There's apartments and you, you live on the campus, and so uh, there's one, two, like six, six apartments 
that are uh, plus the the boys' dorm that's downstairs, right? Right. So, so uh, what's that like to live on, on the campus? I know you did also at Bangor in the residential program. It's like, hey, I just live at church, uh, literally, <laughs> not, not figuratively. You, you live at church. Yeah, no, we are so incredibly grateful to Pastor Mike and, and Calvary Chapel San Jose for mm-hmm. allowing us to live here because we, we couldn't live here otherwise. Uh, just the cost of living is so mm-hmm. high. Um, but yeah, it was just one church to another. You know, we lived at, I lived uh, at Calvary Chapel Bangor for a year and a half, for 18 months I was there on campus. And then we moved across country shortly after getting married. And now we've been here for close to 18 months. So we've been, you know, just one church to another uh, living here, but it's a blessing. I mean, a short commute, you know, you just walk downstairs, come right into the office and, uh, and you're just always close to God's people. So we absolutely love it. And we're so appreciative that, that we would have a, a place to stay here. Yeah. And we have that in common because Back uh, 27 years ago, my wife and two small children, we lived on the same campus and served with uh, Pastor Don McClure, Pastor Mike McClure's father, for uh, a year and a half before we went back out and started our ministry, Water Springs. So it's a, a, a full circle dynamic. I was there at Pastor Mike's high school graduation, and when we were there, we were at Daniel, his oldest son's. Um, graduation. So, you know, just being a part of God's people and God's family is such a blessing to serve and to love and just to make yourself available for his usefulness because it's really, um, you discover, like Paul telling the Ephesians, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And and you feel like, hey, I, I'm designed to do what I'm doing. Don't you feel that way, Carson? I, I'm just created to do exactly what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. exactly, yeah, exactly the sense and the burden that I have. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it has absolutely been incredible. And I'm so appreciative to this church family mm-hmm. uh, for how warmly they welcomed my mm-hmm. wife and I. You can imagine moving across country, um, you know, not really knowing anyone, not uh, really knowing what we were getting ourselves into. We're so incredibly grateful for um, our church family here, the relationships that we've developed, and uh, they're lifelong relationships. And so we've just extended our church family. You know, we've got church family in Maine. We have church family in San Jose. Couldn't be farther apart from one another, but, um, you know, we are just our family has been extended. So we are, we're really appreciative of the church family here in San Jose. Amen. Even in the midst of all the, the trials, we'll see what the Lord does in all of this. But, uh, um, you know, when we honor him, uh, like the Lord said, he said, I will honor those who honor me. And uh, I just know the Lord's going to honor you guys just as he's honoring Pastor Rob and the fellowship here at God Speak. And so we want to pray as we wrap it up. We want to pray for your fellowship and our fellowship and the event Saturday night. And uh, then I'm going to give the people a blessing. So let's pray together, Carson. Father, I just thank you so much for uh, Carson and what you're doing in Calvary Chapel of San Jose, the church family. We pray for Pastor uh, Mike McClure and his wife Brenda and their children and the whole staff, uh, the congregation. We pray for your peace, your love, your joy. Fill them with faith. We pray that you would intervene, Lord, in this 
uh, conflict with the government officials, Lord, that they would just be able to have peace and uh, sharing the truth of your word. Lord, we pray for the Charlie Kirk event this Saturday and, uh, and the Sunday services there and also here at God Speak. We pray that you would be with Pastor Rob and myself as we uh, travel along with them. And Lord, we just ask that each step of the way, each day, you would put before us that which you have for um, each individual, for your people. So we thank you for the privilege of loving you and serving you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, Carson, thanks for being with us here on the Fireside Chat. And uh, we're going to send the people away with a blessing. And you know it well. It's going to come up on the screen. I'm going to read it to us here. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Well, everyone... 1175 Hillsdale Avenue, Calvary Chapel, San Jose, 6 p.m., Charlie Kirk, special event. Come hang out, meet Carson. He'll be running around there. You'll be able to see him and uh, maybe his uh, wife, Megan, and their precious little, what's her name? Ivy. Ivy. Uh, Ivy. So God bless you guys, and uh, Godspeed to you. We'll see you tomorrow night. All right. God bless you guys. Thanks for having me.